sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to welcome each one this morning. <coughs> the visitors, the family of the church here. Yes, I'm Trump. Sorry. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, our holy God, our Father who looks down upon us this morning, our Father who cares about every soul on the face of this earth, Who gives every man a, a choice? Father, we just pray that you can be with us this morning. Guide us, guide me, lead me as I speak the thoughts that you've been putting into my mind for the last three, four weeks. Thoughts in my own heart. Guide me, Lord. This morning I also want to pray for Sister Dana. Heal her body. Bless her as she raises that family. Guide her. Strengthen her this morning. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I stopped at Randall's. Seeing Dana laying there on the couch. Really touched my heart and Also, <clears throat> sitting back here this morning, 
to the song service. I'm going to embarrass someone, but thank you, Sister Rachel, for singing out this morning behind me. Made me think of my wife, the way she loved to sing. A couple of nights ago, I just thought of it being Father's Day, and my message is not on fathers, but I do want to get some, a few little thoughts here on fathers. I was the father. And at a long, young age, I wasn't a very good father. I ruled with demand that it had to be my way, but with no explanation. Fathers, take time to explain to your children why you do what you do. Take time as a young child to win their hearts and be a part of their lives when they want something. Not because it's your idea, but it's because it's God's idea for the home. The way you live. A lot of questions are the way you dress, things that you do. Give them a biblical reason too. Not just your thoughts. Not just your actions. Don't be afraid to tell your children you failed in an area. Too many times I think we go through life and we as parents try to be the perfect example and the perfect person but We don't want them to know where we really struggle or where we fail. Be open with your children. If you want to to raise your children to follow God, have a communication of love. Be consistent in the home and out of the home.
My sermon is maybe a little different this morning. chapter you read this morning, verse 64. How many of us in 63, Psalm 63, how many of us is that true in our lives today? Is it true in our lives? We've been through a lot here as a church. And I guess is is that true in our lives? The song, the old old story or whatever, I can't think what it was, but it says we have victory. Do we really have victory? Do we really have victory? I'm going to start off by reading Psalms 23. I thought I could quote it yet, but I had a very hard time doing that. I get one verse in front of the other, and the other in front of this one, and so I just I'll read it so I don't mess up. This doesn't have anything to do with my main sermon. This has something to do with myself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou prepareth a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Testimony. This is where I feel my am right now. There's nothing I want. Nothing for myself. Decides to walk closer with God. He maketh me lie down in the green pastures. What's the green pasture? I believe it's a meditation on this thing right here. Meditation. 
What's the still waters? A sheep won't drink in rough waters. He leadeth beside still waters. It's a place for us to drink. Drink of this word that we just meditated on. My question is, how many of us are doing it? How many of us are doing it? And I'll explain why I asked the question in a little while. But first, I want to talk a little about myself. I moved in here, and a lot of you know, I moved in here 18 years ago. Thought I was a pretty good man, pretty good Christian. Now I look at myself and I think I'm just an uh, old hillbilly from Michigan. I spent a lot of time in maybe uh, you could say trouble or offending people or spent a lot of time in met with the ministers many times over things and many people over things over the years. Sometimes I wondered if I was ever going to make it. Bible school, different times I've had different people have come talk to me about things. that I did, or I offended someone. Wondered if I'd ever going to make it. A lot of the issues were a lot of them I didn't feel were handled right. But my dear wife used to just say, Ron, take the blame. Jesus did. Don't say a word. Even though I haven't agreed 100% with where the church here in some areas where some things are handled, I left it in the Lord's hand. And I've walked on. And I won't be here today. Like I am. If it wasn't for all of you. (laughs) 
Even though things went the way they did, I, I grew through it. I grew through it. But my sermon this morning is a message that we usually don't hear. But it's a message that's been boring down on my heart. And it has spoken to me. And I guess I would name the title of it The Power of Satan. And the second part of it, The Victory in Christ. I don't believe we as Christian people, I believe that we know it in the head. Do we really know it in the heart? What we're really standing up against? What we're really standing up against? The power of Satan. Well, God gave man a choice. God made, gave each one of us a choice in our, ourselves. We can make the choice to listen to God or to listen to Satan or I could say fulfill our desires and listen to Satan. Are we really listening to God or are we really, really are we just one of these Christians I was born again And I can take 10 minutes in the morning and have my devotional. And I can go on with life. And I give an offering every Sunday. I go to church every time the doors are open. But yet, what is really in your heart? What's really there? I think of Eve. I think of Eve. Do you really believe that, you know, as I read the Bible, it talks about that the serpent went and met her at the tree. But do you think that's the first time that serpent went and met her? I don't. The Bible doesn't say all the details of everything, but I believe that that serpent slowly got to her heart. Slowly in little things. And that day at the tree, he knew he could get her. And he does that for each one of us. He plays with our minds 
so that we sooner or later give in to him. I just say, I've walked around the church and I'm a person who watches people and I listen and I hear people talk. And I see a lot of sad faces at times. And I just wonder what's going on. I hear negative things said at times. I really wonder what's going on. I've come to a place where maybe Satan's working harder on the minds than what we think he is. He's out to destroy us. So I talked about Eve and I talked about Cain and Abel. Was it God that put the jealousy in Cain's heart? No. No. Was it God, the one that told Cain to kill Abel? No. It's the subtleness of Satan. Who worked undermindedly in Cain's heart. Even though Cain took that offering to the offering table and knew it wasn't what God wanted. It was Satan who was working in his heart. And he allowed it to overcome him. Joseph, an example of God, was put in prison because the devil took control of a young, a young lady's life. God used it for Joseph's, for the good, but Joseph had a choice to make. And I'm sure the devil was on Joseph to get bitter towards that and to get bitter out of that. But Joyce, he had a choice to make. And his choice was to walk with God no matter what. But you know, it would have been so easy for Joseph just to go down there and shut himself in a dungeon and just sit there and mope. And say it there and say, oh, it must be God has no use for me. But he didn't. He stood for God. 
I think of David. A man after God's own heart. And I believe David probably got up early and sought God. Just as he has read this morning. But yet, David allowed the lust of a lady to enter his mind. But yet, he was a God, man after God's own heart. He failed. He allowed Satan to undermine him and to bring him down. But he didn't stop. He asked for forgiveness. He repented of it. And he walked on with God. The power of Satan is more than most of us can understand. He works in very subtle ways. The next one's Daniel, a man of prayer. He prayed 21 days for an answer. And Satan took his message, the angel that was bringing the message, and took him on a different path. Satan distracted him for 21 days. For 21 days, but you know, the amazing thing about it, Daniel never stopped praying. How many of you are still praying earnestly for something? How many of you have taken this matter of the church here in earnest prayer? I talked to one young brother, asked him what his prayer life was like. He said, oh, it's been not too good. He said, yeah, I've been too busy. Talked to another young brother. How's your prayer life? Well, with the problem in the church, it's just kind of hard to get into it. And we expect a miracle. We expect things to happen. Are we working off the devil? And listening to him and saying, let's just dig everything we can dig.
Are we listening to him? More than God. There's 23 hours in a day. And if you spend one hour, that leaves 19 hours. That is not a tenth of our time to spend with God. He asked for a tenth of our income. I think he asked for a tenth of our time. And I'm not saying it's all in the word of God and all on our knees. What are we doing the work of God? With the people around us? The people outside us? Are we too much concerned about ourselves and about the church? That it goes the way I want it to go. Have we really sought God to see what God really wants? Let's think of Jesus. The devil tempted him after he fasted for 40 days. Turn this stone into bread for you because I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry. And people say, well, he was God. He wouldn't do that. He had a choice. Yes, he was God, but he had a choice. Each one of us have a choice. Maybe our parents haven't taught us, hasn't, haven't been the perfect parents that we wanted. But when I look at a family and I see the children dressed completely different than the parents, I grieve. My heart just grieves. Why? Is it rebellion? Maybe it was some of the fault of the parent not teaching right. I'm not saying. But is it Satan? Undermining and curling up and going into these minds and just trying to just turn them things just a little. Or if we're in a church and we 
been in that church for years and we completely dress a different way. Or we completely comb our hair a different way than what the church usually does. Are we really a part of God and all that? God's not telling you to do that. God is not telling you to do that. It is Satan. It is the power of Satan creeping into your minds. Creeping into your minds. And telling you that you know better than your mom and dad and the church. You know better than your mom and dad and the church. Peter, a close disciple of Jesus Christ, denied him three times. How many of you could deny Jesus three times? Raise your hands. If the devil got a hold of you, you could. How many times have you been out in public and People come up to you to talk to you and you kind of just kind of just uh, shy away and walk away. Or you see someone in need and you feel in your heart that you need to go share share something with them and you just kind of back off and walk away. That's not God. That's Satan. That's Satan undermining the will of God. Paul, a man, a man who thought he was doing the right thing. In persecuting the Christians. Was sure he was following the direction of God. And he persecuted the Christians. And God blinded him one day. God blinded him one day. And brought him to his senses. And he repented. And was a great vessel to God after that. There is many more in the Bible that I could speak about. Many more I thought about. But I didn't want to bore you guys with it. I don't know how many of you walk into the church house and see someone and say, oh, they're here this morning. Kind of hard to face them. I don't know. I have had it happen to me. 
How many of you have hidden issues in your life that you just don't talk about? I had one. I had an issue. It wasn't a hidden one. People, some people would ask me how I was doing, and I'd just give them a rundown that my day's just been a rotten day. I, yeah. And God convicted me of that. And I realized that was all from Satan. I think there is times that I lay down at night where I'll wake up, wake up in the middle of the night and God will start from the beginning. And the devil will start from the beginning and he'll lust everything that I've been blamed for in this church. And I'll say, God... I don't need this. I do not need this. And he'll take it away. But how many of us can do that with our thoughts? I think of the children of Israel in the walls of Jericho. Let's take the children of Israel marching around them walls as our minds. As our minds. They walked around that wall one day. Without a silence. They walked in silence. Never made a noise. They were supposed to walk in silence. And all you heard was. A, of their footsteps. By the third day. What do you think they were thinking? Lord what are you doing? They keep walking. You know, the ones that were sitting down around the wall the first day, how many of you think were still sitting on the wall the third and fourth day? They were probably out doing their own things again. There's probably a few sitting there watching, but you know, most people were back to doing their things. They've given it up. They've got, they're not going to do nothing. They're just marching around the city. <laughs> but I just think of these people... The Israelites marching around for six days around that city and just every day, by the sixth day, what were they thinking that God was doing? What, what are we doing out here? Giving it to the Lord. The last day they walked seven times. Oh, I want you to walk seven times today around that city in quiet, total quietness. They walked seven times. And after the seventh time in unison, they all shouted. And the trumpets blowed. And victory was won. And victory can be won in your lives today if you continue to give it to God that many times. It can be won. 
You don't think of them things. You don't think of that person that way anymore. I bet there was a shout of rejoicing, of joy. They walked that thing all them times. And they found victory. They found victory. And we as people, as Christian people, can find that same victory. When them thoughts come into our minds, we can put them out of there just like that. Even if it takes seven times or 70 times seven. He will take them. And set us free. Now, Daryl, I got notes today. <laughs> Just to keep me on track <laughs> a little bit. I was visiting with a couple Christian men the other day. And a question came up. And I might offend someone this morning. This is why I'm bringing this in. Might have offended someone. One of these Christian men said, Can a true Christian be offended? Can a true Christian be offended? And my answer immediately was, not for long. Not for long. If you're a true Christian, you can't be offended for long. Daryl Beachy was an example of that to me one time. Somebody in the church thought I needed to apologize for something I said. And I went to Daryl and apologized. I called him and apologized. He said, you're already forgiven. You're already forgiven. And I said, and then the second question was, who's in the most sin? The one that offends someone or the one that's offended? And my answer to that was, the one that was offended. Because most of the time people offend someone don't even realize they offend them. It's the one who took the offense. And the one who built that wall.
So I want to say, if I offend someone this morning, I'm sorry I offended you, but I'm not sorry for what I said this morning. I can't be sorry. As I've studied on this, I tried yesterday to work on it. God never let nothing come to my mind. I just my mind went blank all day yesterday. I almost called Larry back and told him to preach the main message. <laughs> Last night we had a community supper. And I cooked for that and Got to bed late, and in the night, my hand started festering, had to get up and soak that for a few hours in the night. But, you know, my sermon never entered my mind. Got up this morning, and I have been just, I couldn't get God to give me anything or to talk to me at all. And I just felt, am I supposed to really get up this morning? But I'm here. There's is Satan working in your life? And what are you I'm sure he is because he works in everybody's life. I'm not saying is he but is he controlling parts of your life? Is he controlling Parts of your life. Fathers, if he's controlling parts of your life, your children will find it out someday and you'll have problems. You will have problems. Romans. Now, I brought my wife's Bible this morning. Because I looked up all these verses in my Bible and then I wanted to look them up in her Bible. And all the verses, but this one here, that I'm going to read this morning, she has marked somewhere in the Bible. Her book is. Mark from cover to cover. Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we then, shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. Forbid, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin. Live any longer therein.
If we're a born-again Christian, are we a real born-again Christian? Are we just born again and putting a show on? Is that sin still there, abounding underneath? Are we walking free with God, our Lord? First Corinthians ten, three and five. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of the stronghold. Cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. Is that our life? If you want to make it, I was going to mention earlier, but there was a song I tried to find it. I wanted to sing it, but I couldn't. I didn't know the title of it. And I didn't sing it. Your soul never dieth. I don't know the title of it. I don't know the name of it. I don't know anything about it. I've heard it several times. Your soul never dieth. There's a bunch of words in it about that. And it really spoke to me as I studied for this year. Your soul will never die. And if Satan's in more control in your lives than God is, Titus. <clears throat> Two, one to six. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, holiness, not falling, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to be sober, to their husbands, to love their children, 
to be decreed, cherished, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appointed, appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world. Looking for that blessing, hope, and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who giveth him for us that he might redeem us from the all iniquities and purify unto himself a particular people zealous and of good work. First Peter one fifteen and sixteen. But as he which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manners of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, I am holy. Is that our conversations? Are they holy? Are they holy? Got one in Psalms I want to read. Psalms nineteen. Verse 7, it would be a good verse to learn. It would be very good for us to follow. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. 
The statue of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. You realize what that says? There's many ways that Satan can get it in our lives, but there's nothing no more precious than what God offers us. And what God offers us. I have one more verse. Philippians 4. I left this until last. Philippians 4, 8. 4, 4 to 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your meditations be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your mind, your heart and your mind, through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, who, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are good report, if there is any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. I'm going to say one thing. Young people, older people, take these verses Take these verses and put them as a guide for the internet, for your telephone, for the things, the social media, and all of that. If you take these here verses and put them as a guide, you'll make it. You'll make it through. But if they're not your guide, 
Satan's really working on you. I have just a, one more thing I want to say. I hope I can get through it. <clears throat> a year and a half ago, I experienced something that nobody's experienced here yet. That was my wife passing. I'd just like to go over her last two days. That I know she knew she wasn't going to make it. I'm not sure if it was the last day or the day before the last day that you, as a church, got here and stood up in front of this church house and sang. remember exactly. But every few minutes she'd ask me, is it time? Aren't they going to be online? Isn't it time? She looked so forward to that. She sat there and listened to you guys sing. She had a mask on and Oxygen pouring into her. She couldn't really sing, but she sat there at times with her eyes open with the glorious smile on her face. There's times she sat there and the tears ran down her cheeks with her eyes closed. The last day before she passed, I asked her if there's anyone that she needed to make anything right with. Or if she felt that she had hurt someone that she wanted to make something right with. With a smile on her face, she says, no. God's taken it. It's all in God's hands. I think Sherry texted her for a little bit that day. I was texting Sherry back for her, what she wanted me to say. And she just was just I don't think I could say anything that would have upset her that day. She was just as happy as can be. She called her mom and talked to her mom. And We talked about a lot of different things in her life and she always had this smile on her face. 
And the only reason I'm relaying this story is I pray that every one of you can go through that same thing. When it happens, that your mate, you know that your mate had a smile on her face. Or he had a smile on his face. And children, young people, is that smile on your face for your parents if something would happen? That's the way I can make it through life, guys. I know it's God's will. And I put my whole trust in God with that. And do I want to make it? I do. Worse than I ever did. That's why I'm concerned about the power of Satan. working in our lives, undermining our lives. I see a lot of dress in the church that I not really, I really don't like. I see a lot of tight shirts on young men. I have one question for you. Are you doing it because of a friend? Or are you doing it because of God? Are you following a friend? Or are you following God? If you're following a friend, and you really haven't heard from God to change what's going on, following Satan. You're following Satan. If God hasn't told you to change, then it's your mindset. You're following Satan. I love all of you. You've all come to be a precious family to me. But I'm very concerned. Let's pray. Dearly Father, guide this message to the ears to the hearts of all that need it we know what your will is 
Your will is that all will follow you. Guide us, Lord. Bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing. A couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Vernon preached a sermon on getting off the mountain. Getting off the mountain. I guess part of the thing about Psalms 23 that spoke to me the last while was how long are we going to stay in the valley? How long are you going to stay in that mucky valley? God's walking with you through it, but are you willing to walk with him? Are you willing to walk with him? God bless all of you.